Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my episode is with Elliot Melick. Um, Elliot is a CPA and uh, does, uh, I guess, are you, are you specializing in uh, cross-border CPA stuff or it's like a, a part of it you do as well? Yeah, thanks, Glenn. Um, so I've been... Uh... No, I'm a Canadian citizen, just like yourself. I'm born and raised here in Ottawa. So after uh, you know, after I graduated university in Car- at Carleton, I uh, stayed around, but I got uh, <laughs> recruited to uh, one of the big four firms, primarily in the actual U.S. corporate uh, side of things. So I spent uh, probably over a little over ten or eleven years now um, working for the big four firms, primarily you know dealing with Canadians. Canadians buying real estate in the U.S., Canadian businesses doing business in the U.S. I deal with a lot of indirect taxes, um, you know, just stuff like that. So I, a lot of U.S. travelers going back and forth. So I spent uh, over 10 years now working uh, working on cross-border tax. So primarily on the U.S. side, um, I do have a partner that I'm bringing into the business that's uh, probably going to focus more on the Canadian side of the business. But uh, right now, I handle kind of both sides of the aspect both sides of the business. So. What would be some of the tax implications that uh, Canadians would face when uh, crossing the border to uh, buy some of these properties? Well, some of the biggest, biggest, biggest things that you know Canadians need to focus on are primarily three aspects when it comes to tax. Anyways, you know, obviously, what are the U.S. tax implications? I mean, you're buying U.S. property in the U.S. What are the Canadian implications since you are a Canadian resident for U.S. Or for Canadian tax purposes? And again, how does the uh, how does the Canada and U.S. tax treaty work in your favor and to minimize the minimize the taxes of both jurisdictions? That way, you're not paying double tax. So I I know of three different ways to set this up. I know the way not to set it up. Maybe we should maybe want to tackle some of that. Yeah, absolutely. So there are I mean there are multiple different ways. I mean, again, every every person is going to be different. Every every situation is going to be different based on your you know. So I can't really comment on exactly which specific entity and how you should be purchasing real estate uh, for every single person, but I'll give you a rundown of uh, different situations on and different vehicles they can use in order to purchase real estate as a Canadian, and you know, in, in ways you probably should steer clear based on the, the application and how it relates to us here in Canada. So obviously the first way, I mean, most and it's the most common way that we typically do, typically see is we typically see people just going down there and buying it on their own personal name. I mean, it's the most common way, it's typically how it's done here in Canada when you're buying your own principal residence. So they go out and they purchase a property in their own personal name. Um, so I mean, obviously there are legal, so if you're renting it out, there are obviously some legal action or legal responsibilities and legal situations that can arise. I mean, tenants can sue you personally. I mean, one of the benefits of being Canadian is that you probably don't have a lot of assets in the U.S. in the first place to actually sue for. But, um, you know, there are, you know, with respect to our tax implications, you do, um, there are some foreign type of withholding. So any rent that's earned, uh, there will be some withholding on those types of, on those rental incomes. So, you know, every year you'll have to file a U.S. 1040 NR, so a non-resident tax return, to report that tax, that income in the U.S. And also you'll have to file a U.S. Canadian, Canadian personal return. You have to report that income earned in the U.S. here on your Canadian tax return. Fortunately, since it's, your own, since it's owned personally on, on both sides of the border, you're actually not going to be double taxed because any tax you pay in the U.S., you'll actually get a foreign tax credit here in Canada. So you'll be basically paying whatever tax rate is in here in Canada, 
will be your ultimately your tax rate. So you'll get a foreign tax credit from one jurisdiction to the other. So when I was researching the different ways, and uh, I believe it's thirty percent that they're going to uh, withhold off of your rent, and then you'll get it back when you file your taxes. <laughs> yeah, I mean there are ways around that that we can file an election to uh, basically claim, you know, in order to you to allow to deduct, uh, you know, any expenditures against that rental income. So there is elections that can be done, but if that election is not made, then obviously as a foreigner, the IRS does require a 30% withholding. Um, but you, ultimately, it is a withholding obligation and not actual tax paid. So once you do file your US 1040NR to determine how much tax is actually required to be paid for that year, you'll get a refund for the difference. If you did buy it in your personal name, it, like it does you know, make some of the things a little easier, but it also opens you up to the liability. Okay, so then uh, if we probably don't want to buy it in our personal name, how would you recommend we do buy it? Great. Um, so there are a few avenues. Well, let's, let's stick with the ways you probably shouldn't be purchasing uh, real estate through a, uh, you know, for a Canadian resident. So, I mean, uh, one way is uh, most people do it and most people will see is that typically done through a Canadian corporation. So basically, you know, they have a corporation where they own their own business or whatnot, and then they purchase a piece of real estate in the U.S. So um, fortunately with that avenue, you're subject to double tax because basically you pay tax if you're in Canada, or sorry, you pay tax on the on the U.S. side when you file a U.S. tax return. And when you issue the dividend up to your personal name, unfortunately, you don't get a foreign tax credit. So you double tax both on the individual level and the corporate level. So as a Canadian resident, obviously, owning property through a U.S. Canadian corporation is not the most ideal situation for a Canadian. Right. Um, so, I mean, there is other ways, too. You know, there are Canadian resident trusts. I mean, it's not something we see too often. I mean, there are U.S. trusts as well. One of the benefits is that you typically don't have to you don't have to worry about uh, you know state tax if you, if you pass away, um, you know. But uh, it does help with the uh, double taxation situation. But again, you're giving up legal ownership of that property to that trust, and obviously the beneficiaries, whoever you, whoever you name, will be will be the recipients of that rental income and gain the losses. So um, those are primarily the Canadian ways to own per to own real estate, but. Um, there are a few avenues where we can entertain based on uh, on the U.S. side of the border. Um, obviously, one of the again one of the non-ideal ways is probably purchasing it through a U.S.C. corporation. Um, again, it's similar to a Canadian corporation, but it's for a Canadian resident. You're being paid tax at the corporate level, and then once you issue a dividend up to the shareholder, unfortunately, you're being double taxed as well. You're paying tax at the corporate level, and again, you're paying tax at the personal level. So you're being double taxed on that exact same income. Um, you know, similar to a trust, obviously a corporation never dies, so you don't have, don't have to worry about estate tax issues like that. Um, another avenue that I that I have seen that entertain is uh, U.S. S corp. Obviously, being Canadian residents, um, it's not something we can do. It's actually only only for uh, U.S. individuals. So if you do have so if you do have, you know, a Canadian or a U.S. family or U.S. partners that are looking into that type of type of situation or type of vehicle to purchase real estate in, unfortunately, it just doesn't work for us Canadians. If you do plan on moving uh, moving to the U.S. at some point, um, you know, it is something that can be looked at at that point. But uh, for us Canadians, it just doesn't work. Yep. Oh, I, I looked. That's what I wanted to set up, and I I went started talking to lawyers and CPAs and. They were like, you can't do that. 
Yeah, no, no, I know. Because I, I started out by just reading books on uh, tax structures, and I'm like, oh, this one sounds excellent. This is what I want. No, you can't have that. <laughs> no, I did the same thing about, uh, let's say, about 10, 12 years. And when I, in, when I was in university, and I always kind of knew I liked more of the U.S. Side, U.S. tax as opposed to the Canadian side, so I always kind of knew this is kind of how I geared my career. But uh, I'm like, oh, this seems pretty seems pretty neat. I mean, it's kind of similar to an LLC structure, I mean, in terms of taxation. And then I realized, oh, yeah, it just doesn't work for us Canadians. No. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, if we jump back a bit, then I know that the, the another bad way to buy real estate would be in just a regular American LLC. Right. And um, we, I, we see this a lot as well. Unfortunately... Um, um, I would say maybe four, five, six years ago, um, CRA actually changed the ruling. So anybody who owns property through an LLC, CRA deems that LLC as a foreign corporation. So any income that's earned through that foreign corporation is has to be reported on that individual's, uh, you know, CRA's income tax return has, has to be reported as a foreign dividend. So you reported, so you receive income at the corporate level, and then again, once the issue, once the rental income gets distributed up to the individual share, you're paying tax again at the individual level. So you're being taxed double, again at the corporate level and at the income level. So you're paying tax twice on the exact same income. Um, yep. It was was an ideal way to do to work. Uh, you know, for, it was an ideal way for Canadians to purchase it, but um, fortunately these days it just doesn't work. Um, I would say. You know, similar rulings have come out recently by the CRA, probably three or four years ago, that, you know, triple LPs and even double LPs are, they basically consider them the exact same type of vehicles. Unfortunately, because there's no general partner on these type of vehicles, they, they classified as a classified as a corporation. So LLCs, double LPs, and triple LPs, unfortunately, since there's no general partner, they're not actually classified as partnerships for Canadian purposes and they don't actually have those full through attributes that the US actually enjoys. So so those three types of vehicles unfortunately just does not work for Canadians. Again, if you ever plan on moving to the US, it's uh, you know, it is it is a way we can purchase real estate and it is ideal because that income gets flown up directly to the individual shareholder and you only pay tax at the individual level. But as a Canadian, you know, you have to report that Report that income through those vehicles as foreign dividend, and you get double tax, unfortunately, that way. Then, what? How do you set yours up? What's the way that you are planning to do with your? Uh... Glad you asked that. So now we get to the part where I typically recommend most Canadians to purchase real estate. I mean, obviously, every situation is different, but the majority of our clients typically set up set up partner partnership. To, so typically set up real estate purchase through a U.S. limited partner, so a U.S. LP. Here in Canada, CRA actually recognized that LP structure as a flow-through entity for Canadian purposes. So you don't pay any, so you don't pay any income at the partnership level, level, and you pay income once that once that income gets flown up. So you'll do, you will, those partners will have to file a U.S. tax return, a U.S. personal tax return, but any income reported at that U.S. level, U.S. personal level, will be allowed a foreign tax credit on the Canadian side of the business. So you only get taxed once because you only get you you're eligible to a foreign tax credit on the Canadian side of the business. That's how I have mine set up, and I was I've talked to a couple other uh, Canadian CPAs, and they were pushing a whole different thing. And I have, have you heard of this where they uh, they want to set up uh, an LLC in the states that and a holding company in Canada 
and the Canadian company invoices the LLC basically for anything it makes and so that the LLC runs at a zero and the uh, holding company in Canada has the thing but the whole it has all the money and they pay tax on it in Canada but the thing about to me that seems so sketchy is you're just invoicing for nothing you know yeah I mean <laughs> the question the problem arises that if the CRA deems that deems those invoices or deems those expenditures as not true expenditures right I mean you can you can always you can always charge a royalty fee or a management fee you know for the work you do on behalf of that LLC but I mean if CRA comes back and says you know you're end of the day you're just charging 100% of whatever the profit is yeah they can obviously disclaim those credits so I mean the US LP structure is typically typically the easiest way to, for a Canadian to buy a rental property. I mean, there are avenues if you're, if you're going down there just for a vacation purposes, looking for a vacation rental um, that you're not actually renting out. If you're maybe just using it for six months out of the year, then there might be different avenues that we might entertain. But if you're using it for rental purposes and to make money, obviously the US LP structure is probably, in most cases, the most ideal situation for most people. So, Well, we were talking about withholding taxes. One thing... I know that a lot of people who have bought like, you know, their second home and they, you know, they go to Florida for a couple months in the winter, they eventually try and sell it. And then the IRS uh, withholds uh, like 30% of that as like a capital gain. And yeah. uh, what a lot of Canadians don't know is they have to file taxes to get that money back. And they don't file taxes because it's not a rental property. They don't rent it to anyone. They keep it for themselves, but they're going to have to, you know, spend the money to file taxes at least that final year in order to get the money back. Yeah, and that's a that's a great point. And um, so you're talking about the FERTA rules, so the Foreign Income uh, Real Property Tax Act, or Foreign Individual Real Property Tax Act. Essentially what it says that any non-U.S. resident that owns U.S. real estate will be subject to a 30% holding on the gross proceeds of the sale of a property. So if you sell a property for $200,000, the IRS is going to withhold uh, $60,000 of that. In order to reclaim that money, you have to file an income tax return to report that disposition of the sale. So once you report that disposition, calculate how much tax you should be paying, and then you get a refund for the difference. I mean, the main reason for that withholding is primarily, well, primarily so you can file a tax return and report that sale of a property. And that's why they do it. Um, I mean, there are rules around there where we can get, a, you know, there are certain situations where we can get away and get a, get around it. I mean, essentially, if the gross proceeds of the sale uh, are thirty three hundred thousand dollars or less, if you're selling it to a non real estate investor, so it basically has to be you for a personal property. So those are specific situations where we can get away with those withholding, but in most cases, it's, it is a little difficult depending on the property. So, um, so you're a CPA in Canada. Do you have the abilities to set up the LPs and everything in the States? Um, no, I typically don't. I typically refer to a lawyer that I have. I have a friend out in Florida. He typically handles a lot of my clients. I mean, a lot of the stuff can be done online. It's not always always advisable, but I do have a uh, lawyer out in Florida that sets up you know, partnerships uh, and stuff like that from various states. So that's typically who I recommend. Yeah, but you also got to remember, like, I'm assuming you're taking depreciation. Uh, yeah. On the, well, you have to take depreciation on the U.S. side. The difference is that you can't actually u utilize that U.S. depreciation on the Canadian side, right? So you have to take CCA for that as well. So it has to be underdone 
under using that Canadian rules, right? So there is typically a little bit of a disconnect um, after a few years because U.S. depreciation is a little bit higher. So even though you may not be paying tax on the U.S. side, you may have to pay tax on the Canadian side because depreciation is a little bit lower. So and again, okay. I don't know the, I don't know the exact numbers, so I can't really comment on whether you're going to be paying tax or not. You kind of shot down the C corp for me because I was thinking that once I got bigger, because I was talking to some other people, like once I got a lot of property down there to switch it to the C corp. And that way, I wouldn't have to deal with Canada Revenue at all. You want to purchase it through a C corp? Is that what you're saying? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, or just transfer it all into the C corp. And the reason would be that then I wouldn't have to deal with Canada Revenue, and I could just pay, you know, American taxes. And but then I have the dividend income, so I get, I'll get yeah. taxed. I'll get taxed from the IRS on the C corp, and I'll get taxed from the Canada Revenue on the dividend, right? You'll be, yeah, so when you receive a foreign dividend, essentially it's a foreign dividend you receive from a foreign corporation, right, on Canadian returns. So when you receive, when you issue the dividend up, I mean, it can be five years down the road, ten years down the road, you can, that's up to you when you want to withdraw that cash. But, um, again, with the C-Corp, you are paying double tax, right? You're paying at the corporate level, and you're also paying it at the personal level as well. So, I mean, you could also just, I mean, I don't know if you, how... I don't know if you want to get your wife involved and maybe put her up as a like a partner, but you can put all the assets in a U.S. LP, have both of you as limited partners, and maybe just set up a C corp or a Canadian corporation as a general partner, essentially. Hmm. So I mean, that's one way to do it. So it also minimizes the amount of tax too, because now you're kind of sharing the income and losses between the two of you. So um, so it does help reduce because well, because essentially you're not claiming all the rental income yourself, so you're yeah. sharing amongst yourself. So. Yeah, so she she is the partner on the in the the partnership right now. So if, yeah, so should share it out anyway. But if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, uh, how would they do so? Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, they can give me a call. My number is six one three five eight one two six nine five. Again, that's a Ottawa area code. So I'm located here for the time being. Who knows where it'll be five years from now? But uh... <laughs> cool. And then you have the ability to both do the uh, American and the Canadian tax returns, right? That's correct. So I do have a uh, US PTIN number. It's basically required for any US tax preparer. And if you want to file a US tax return, you do need that number. Um, it's an IRS requirement, and I do have that number, and I do have the, do have the requirements to do here in Canada as well. So. Perfect. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks, man. Let's be in touch tomorrow then. Okay.